0: Welcome to part two. If those of you have arrived since lunch, hi. Hi. Um, welcome to the hardcore people who've come from first half to the second half. Woo! The committed people. <laughs> yeah. The really committed. I'm excited. I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. good. have been here since yesterday. Because I was a bit nervous about today because I just wasn't sure how it would go, and it was our first one. And Saturdays are always hard getting people out, but I'm feeling good. Yeah, true. So thanks everyone. So I'm going to talk a little bit. So if you heard the first talk, the first talk was about Sunday service. This is just the church in general. Like, what kind of church do we want to have? Um, and now I'm conscious of the fact that tomorrow I begin our vision series. And we're about to do a whole series on that. So I'm not going to spend heaps of time on the vision itself, but more about the big picture strategy. What, Where are we sort of thinking about going? Okay, so um, let me just pray and we'll do that. Lord God, I um, pray that you can uh, help us to engage post-lunch and not have the post-lunch slump. And uh, yeah, that we can be enthused by your Holy Spirit um, by the work of the gospel. Amen. Amen. So... Um, Ever since planting Mary Creek, I've had in the long-term vision the idea that we would plant a second church and then potentially a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. That Mary Creek would, Anglican would become uh, skilled and... Uh, skilled yeah, is the right word. And also driven towards duplicating itself over and over again. Okay? that within five years of starting, which is three years from now, that we would plant a second church. Um, and I haven't really talked heaps about that from the front, but I'm going to start to. Part of the reason I haven't talked heaps from the front about it is because I haven't really been clear in my mind about what that looks like and the strategy for that and the model for that. I haven't had any meetings. I've flagged it with a few people with like the church council and with the with um, the staff and I talked one on one over coffee with a few people but I haven't done an announcement about this. There's nothing to announce just yet. But um, nevertheless this is something that really drives me because I think we're we're not the kind of church that has people in it that has a strong desire to be part of a mega church. I don't. Hands up if you want to be part of a mega church. <laughs> uh, it's a joke from the young ones um, and the reason I think that is the case is because for a variety of reasons one of the main reasons is I think the in and off people that come to our church like the sense of belonging and community and that, that they come to church and they roughly know a, a fair chunk of the congregation and they feel like they belong Okay, which means that Um, we will grow to a point and we're already sort of almost there where you will arrive on a Sunday and you'll look around and go I have no idea who those people are and those people will be regulars right Um, we're we're sort of not quite there but almost there not quite there but almost there Um, that time is not long away now we can probably grow um, another 50 or 100, I think probably another 100 people in total. I don't mean on a Sunday, but in total, including kids. And still maintain that sense of this is a community church, right? But once we get to like a total, so at the moment, there's about, I think there's 160 on our books. If we grow to 260 on our books, (coughs) at that point, the congregation will feel big. Now, it's not as big as other churches. I'm sure St. Jude's morning congregation at 9am is probably bigger than that. Um, you know, uh, City on a Hill is way bigger than that. But for us, in that setting of Clifton Hill primary, it will feel huge, right? Now, at that point, what I'm hoping is we will then be able to send off 100 people to start a new church. Now, there's a lot of, I've just told you, very broad brushstrokes. There's a lot of question marks and I'm not telling you to worry you about it, but I'm telling you the long term, where are we heading? Where are we heading? Why, and why would I want to do this? <coughs> well, I would want to do it because I think it, it maintains the um, values of being, of growing the kingdom. It keeps us other person centred, other, so it's, it's not about, we could change the strategy and make Mary Creek bigger and bigger and more and more serving us, but that would flip our values from where we started, (coughs) sorry, we started wanting to build the body of Christ in the end of Melbourne. Why don't we just keep that value going, not stop that value? Um, And it would be amazing to think that after five years of planning, so that would make it 2000 and December, 2018, potentially the start of 2019, that there would be a second church led by different staff with, with a new congregation. And that that they would maybe be in a different part of the inner north. Maybe they'd be down in Columbia, maybe they'd be up in Preston, you know, crossing Brunswick. I don't know where they'd be. We don't know those details and it's not important at the stage. And imagine if in ten years' time there was three or four of them doing the same things that we're doing now. So that we're, you know, we're teaching the Bible, we're reaching all ages we're trying to help people grapple with their faith in this context where it's healthy, where people have a joy about them in their Christian faith. That would be exciting for me. Um, and I think God my journey, per, my personal journey of life in terms of my being a child of the diocese as the, as the Archbishop once called me which means I was born from parents who were an Anglican minister and you know, someone who's really in it means I've got favour with a lot of people in the hierarchy of the Anglican Church, which is advantageous to us if we want to plant churches down the track, because they're like relaxed about us. We're not a threat. Now that might change over time. Who knows? But right now, that's that's where it's where we're sitting. So, what kind of church do we want to be? I want us to be a church that duplicates itself. Okay, <laughs> that um, has. Continues, maintains this attitude of mission and outward look the outward look um, now if you think about it th- th- that's in three years time there's so much that Mary Creek is going to go through we've only gone through two years we haven't even gone through three years yet there's a lot a lot of t- time for us to develop and grow get stronger at our play groups get stronger at our community groups get stronger at our discipleship get stronger at our mission and evangelism um, so that's where I want them to begin, with that. The plan is that this year I will start a process um, developing the strategy and that we'd be able to launch this kind of concept, the plant, the second plant concept, slow, a slow, soft launch. Which means we're gonna do it, we don't know how, we don't know when, we're gonna start working on the strategy, just so you all will know. Um, and that maybe, by next year, we'll have a bit of a clearer picture. And maybe by the year after, um, 2018, where, I don't know, we've got to work it out. But potentially, we've got our um, planter, the second planter, chosen somehow. I don't know how we're going to do it. There's so many unknowns. <sighs> Some exciting news for our, um, for our um, church is that I, we started off saying at the beginning of two, uh, the plant launch two years ago that we wanted to be a church based around community groups. And initially, we said um, you know, that they would actually form the backbone of our church. But what happened in year one was, for those of you who were with us in year one, is that we launched, and everyone came on to the church service, but when I launched the community groups idea, Libya you remember, there's a few that said, okay, i want to try get involved, you know. Um, but many people didn't because they were nervous about it, not sure, not the right leaders maybe who were sticking their hands up. Um, and I think people were just get, get taking time to get to know each other. Um, so that's what happened in the month. So we had two sort of, I think two or three that sort of tried and some that worked sort of, some that didn't work so well. Last year, we had a few more start, and they got, I think, a lot stronger. So we had the Voline one start, the North Detroit one started, you guys developed, you, you got a few more people involved, and, and uh, the Thornbury one started. Um, I think that's all of them. Yeah, yeah that's all of them. Um, and that was a much better you know, step in the right direction in, in, in terms of there were people committed to each other, meeting regularly, opening the Bible, praying, inviting people along. What's happened over the summer is that I've had an exciting thing happen where a bunch of people have come to me saying, and now I even just had one before, a new a new person saying, I'd love to lead a community, community group, right? So over the summer, I had about six people say that to me, which is amazing. And so, um, what that means is we're looking at potentially having for this year seven community groups, all right? And then even potentially it could be an eighth, maybe by halfway through the year, but it's hard to predict how those things go. Um, that's mind blowing to me to have seven or eight community groups going. And there's still a lot of people who are not in groups, you know? and maybe can't for their life stage or whatever. But we know that one of the struggles has been for parents with young kids is um, it's just too hard to get out at night, you know. um, And so we've tried some different strategies to try and help those people. Um, And um, so like we had the mums teaching, the dads teaching, there's a men's um, accountability group. Um, There are people meeting in the play groups uh, lots of, you know, there's probably about 15 mums would it would be, across the two playgroups, maybe, yeah yeah, and so that's so there are things happening amongst that those networks um, um, and one of the things we're trying to do is to work out how can we work with that bunch again this year to try and bring some more um, juice to the discipleship of those, those people um uh, so potentially seven, seven to eight groups this year. Um, and what I'm hoping is that those community groups will start to become more of the foundation of our growth and our future ju- trajectory to be in a church planted church. So, you know, it'll come to a point, I'm hoping within three years' time, let's say, that there'll be 12, 13, 14 groups in our church. It's like doubling where we are now. And um, when we go to plant the next church, if we just draw a line... Around five groups, and, and say, if you're willing, you know, maybe they'll have a little democratic process within internal primary. <laughs> <laughs> and then we um, <laughs> say you five or six groups, become the new church. So you don't actually have to it's not like you're leaving with your friends, you're going with your friends, you know. Um, anyway, that's 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 one of the things I've been thinking through as a concept. Um, we last year if you were in community groups um, we, you might have been part of hands up if you were in a last year okay cool so you, you will have um, probably seen um, us try and do uh, a kind of a small series on what I called the through lines or the new identity in Christ through lines some, some of you might have done that and this year one of the things I'm going to try and do is to make that more integrated into our church life in terms of our discipleship, so in the community groups, on the Sunday service um, even through the kids ministry somehow we're going to try and make this work is to communicate these five values of the through lines and I just want to just read them through to you now. All of these I see contribute to that overall big goal of being a the church finding church so the, the through line idea comes from um, the education world, it's the idea that You can have concepts that go through a school from prep to year 12 and that at every level you can hear these concepts. So here's the five identity through lines that help us be a church (coughs) planted church. First of all, it was death to life. So it's the idea that um, we we want all people in our church, in their discipleship, to realise the identity that they were dead in their sins and now they're now alive in Christ and to feel that in their gut. Okay, um, so they want to be able to say to themselves, "Faith in Jesus has made me uh, spiritually alive. Now I can live the life that God wants me to be able to live." Um, that that to me is something that we just have to do. By you know, when we when we have our baptisms, we can when we have our baptism, we can we can um, you know draw on the imagery of the new life that the person has in Christ. That, that's all there symbolically portrayed in the baptism. Um, in our um, reading of the Bible, in our encouragement of each other to remind each other that we were once dead in our sins and now we're alive, alive in Christ. Um, this, this is an important thing because sometimes we forget. The second idea is the idea of shame to acceptance. So it's helping people transition from the burden of shame, shame that comes from um, other people's perception of them and their perception of themselves, um, that's to do with identity. So, for example, once, this is kind of using the voice of the person who's understood this, I was my own worst judge. I used to fear being exposed as unimpressive, unsuccessful and unimportant. I even sometimes felt small, dirty wronged and unwanted, not good enough. But I don't need to feel this shame anymore. I don't need to numb my psychological pain or blame others for my hurts because I know deep inside that God approves of me and loves me as his child. Can you see the the shift there? Shame to acceptance. And that's a huge identity shift there. And you can be a Christian and have that acceptance in reality but not know that acceptance. So that's, that's one of the three lines I want us to be promoting. The next idea is um, self to others. Um, so self to others is, again, this is very much tied in with this big goal of being a church planting church, right? I'm not the most important person in the world. Rather, I know that I am part of a bigger story with others and God in that story. And um, when I sacrificially and humbly love and serve others and God, when I die to myself, I truly find life. Now, if you say to a church, that's never done a church plan, or experienced a church plan before, or you want to plan another church, the first instinct is self-instinct. Oh, I'm going to lose my friends. It's all going to be a disaster. It's going to be really painful, you know. Um, but if we, if we make this next church plan our goal, then it will force us to be thinking about um, others and being being part of that bigger story, that bigger story. Um, Philippians 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then closely tied with that is the fourth uh, through line idea of consumer to mission. So um, the world is not a marketplace to provide me with the best possible life. Rather, I want to reorient my life towards serving others, discover the redemptive kingdom of God purpose for my vocation. So in other words, discover how my work, no matter what the work is, contributes to God's um, kingdom building, and share my possessions with others. Right? 2 Corinthians 5, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Consumer to mission. So, now, I, I think actually quite a lot of people at Mary Creek have a mission heart. I don't get a sense of consumerism, but it's, uh, it's like, the, it's like the, the, the dog pouncing at the door kind of image to borrow from... You know, it's that sort of it's it's there, it can creep into a congregation in time. We can bring it from our other church experiences, maybe that we grew up in, that we want a church that fits me and my family and me and my life stage or whatever. And the last through line that I think will help us move towards being this kind of church that can reproduce itself is striving to abiding, is moving from a person who tries to get their self-worth and their identity from striving, so from overachieving or working really hard at something, um, um, improving oneself, through to abiding in Christ. So the statement that that person who's had that identity shift will be able to say is, I will not achieve true freedom, transcendence or joy by working really hard and trying to prove myself, but by abiding in Jesus and drawing strength from the Holy Spirit, remaining in Jesus' love and being obedient to the Father. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I'm hoping that we will be a church that has these through lines running through it in every level and that will serve to help our identity move in a discipleship sense. Help us in our life for Jesus, and it help us to then be ready to be a community that can self-reproduce, start a second church, and a third church, and a fourth church over over the over time. And then we um, we we'll, we'll challenge each other, we we'll grow with each other, um, and that would be an amazing fruit to be part of. I want to finish there, and maybe can, do you want to?